Welcome to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, a weekly podcast discussion about Kentucky horse racing and handicapping. And now here are your hosts, CC Broadus. Until next time, remember, gambling money ain't got no home. Alan Schneider. She never at any point looked like a loser and just finished down the lane and just dusted that field at a mile and a quarter, which is a big test for any filly. And Brandon Jaggers. Yeah, especially at Saratoga. I mean, the graveyard of champions, that dirt. There always seems to seem like a big horse that just doesn't put it all out there. Welcome back. This is episode 15 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm CC Broadus, and as always, I'm joined now by the Twitter legend himself, if you can get past the dad jokes, Mr. Alan Schneider. Hello, guys. There's a lot of dad jokes, I'm not going to lie. I got a little derby fever going, so let's see if we can talk about some of this stuff. And the president of Prestige Worldwide, or is he just <laughs> stranded on Gilligan's Island, Brandon Jaggers. Coming into season, I was stranded out at Lake Cumberland last weekend, or two weekends ago, but I survived and made it back for the podcast. We're glad you joined us, and now we're just about, just over two weeks from the target date we've been waiting for. The Kentucky Oaks is on a Friday, and the Kentucky Derby is on a Saturday, about two weeks from now, and we've basically got the list of horses that are going to try the Derby, uh, led by Tiz the Law. I've kind of pegged him as an eight to five favorite. Uh, we're probably going to have a full field of 20 this year, maybe two also eligibles as it looks. Uh, I've got Tiz Law eight to five, Art Collector five to one, Authentic eight to one, Honor AP 10 to one, Thousand Words 15 to one. I mean, the list goes on and on here. It's, I mean, New York Traffic, King Guillermo, Dr. Post, Max Player, Caracaro, Enforceable, Rushy, Major Fed, Storm the Court. Attachment Rate, Soleil Volante, Finnick the Fierce, Winning Impression, Necker Island. Cheryl Spite was added to the field. This is the Canadian horse. He's been racing in Woodbine, won, won uh, the Marine Stakes most recently. And then there's two also eligibles, possibly with Happy Saver and Money Moves. Uh, those two could actually uh, affect the outcome of the race. Uh, guys, I think we're all probably pretty close on the same page of who we like here. Just... Two weeks out, name some horses that you like that uh, at a price that you're you're gonna follow and track over the next two weeks. Ooh, uh, yeah, uh, you know I wish Shared Sense was going. I don't believe he is going. Correct? No, he's out. That's that's unfortunate, but you know, uh, so be it. Of those horses you named, there at the at, in the back half of your analysis, there, um, Carol Carol's a little interesting. That was a pretty solid effort in the Travers. But I think the horse I might look at it at a really big price, and I think a lot of people might feel this way too, not to win by any stretch of the imagination, but the distance, home track, I uh, think there's a little something there with the horse. The major fed I might use underneath in some of the uh, trifectas, superfectas, hoping he could get on the board, get the distance. He's probably going to be 40 to 1, 50 to 1, uh, hometown connections. He's one that might catch my eye a little bit, I would say. Yeah, I'm looking at King Guillermo. I just, 
they, they this this group the ownership group is just targeting this one race i mean this horse has been laid off i think four months now and just been constant in training since then and not re-entered i just think that's so unique and so funny so i i, I want to pay attention there uh finnick the fierce would be another one to me uh i didn't the horse fierce. never really yeah just never caught my eye until until recently and it and uh you know just as a as a big big price play i don't know anything about this canadian horse first time i've ever heard of him i'd love to see a little bit more i want craig to elaborate on this canadian for us well i don't know a whole lot about him i just know he he won the marine stakes going a mile and 16th on the uh, tapita at woodbine and he's trained by roger atfield who knows his way around a racehorse for sure he's won uh, probably six seven eight editions of the queen's plate which is their version of the derby i don't i don't think he's got a chance to win the race but you know he might be one of those horses i, I really like horses that make their first start after training on poly track or, or synthetic tracks and then move to dirt i think there's a there's a little bit of a boost they get in that first start so that, you know that might come into play for this horse but uh we'll we'll delve into him i guess maybe maybe next week or the week after uh, speaking of horses I like, I, there's two I've got, I'm going to keep an eye on. Uh, one's Dr. Post. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. If, uh, Todd Pletcher sees fit to, to run this horse in the Derby, uh, you know, he, he finished, uh, what he finished second in the Belmont third in the Haskell. I didn't think he had a shot in the Haskell with the way the track was playing. I think, you know, he's got a shot to mature. He gets six or seven weeks in between starts. I think he's got a shot to move forward. And then the, I, I still can't get past attachment rate, who I thought ran a really nice race at Ellis Park behind Art Collector, and I think you might get forty to one on this horse. Maybe that's a that's a horse to maybe throw underneath in the trifectas, or the superfectas, or whatever you decide to play. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye on him because I think that's a that, that horse bears watching. Uh, speaking of wagering on the Derby, uh, there's two wagers I like to focus on. Uh, one leading into the Derby and one on the Derby itself. Guys, what uh, what are you planning to play on the Derby specifically? Ooh, it's it's a little different this year for me personally because the, the, I generally don't like the top two choices, and this year I do. Um, so I'm probably going to maybe try the Super, I think, primarily, and try to get those two horses in the top three at the very least. And, you know, I think there may be a lot of tosses in here, so maybe try to sprinkle a few of the aforementioned long shots in there, hoping one of them can get on the board. Maybe using Tizla and um, uh, the big one, whose uh, name escapes me. Help me out here for a second. Uh, Authentic? Art Collector. Art Collector. Yeah, Art Collector oh. in that top spot. And you, it, maybe two of those guys, both those guys can get in the Superfecta. Maybe you sprinkle a a major fed, a doctor post, even the two Bafford horses. I mean, they're X factors to wire the field. That's how Tizalaw could theoretically get beat. Um, so I'm probably going to maybe probably use the super. It would be the primary play for me. Uh, do we know for sure that there's going to be 10 cent supers this year? I believe they, yes, said, it. they, have, they yep. said yes. Okay. There's a lot of people against that. Personally, I'm in favor of it. I, I love it. There's a, you know, I, that's that's a pool I would not play normally on a Derby day. I just well, can't. Well, that's 
that's the argument a lot of people make, and and they're against it. I don't see the big deal. Uh, I, I think they're saying the more you know people are playing, knocks down the overall payout. But the way I see it, you can uh, really bet different combinations, go spread in a in a big in a, a larger ticket, and then maybe winnow it down to what you really like. You know, still hit it for seventy cents, a dollar twenty, forty cents. It's it gives you some ways to. Um, Go A, A, B, B, kind of like a pick four tick and stuff, too. So I don't have any problem with the Dime Super. Usually my favorite bet on days like that, but I don't know. It's just historically, I knew I'd have to budget for a dollar super, and I would usually spend between 60 and 120 on the bet. Because if you come home and you're right, oh, man, I mean, that'll make your year. Yeah. So, uh, well, I think the, go ahead, I to say, part of the logic that the people are against it is if you could go in with your buddies, pull together and bet it for a dollar if it's too expensive, and then theoretically you would get more back than if you would bet it individually at a dime, if that makes any sense. And at the, the with a dollar minimum, you're going to have a bigger overall payoff than you would 10, 10 cent superfectives, if that makes any sense at all. I think that's why people are so opposed to it. Right. Well, for me, I'm going to try to, I always try to hit the Derby trifecta. It seems like it's a little bit easier for me to to hit something like that. So I always, I'm sure I'll have Tiz the Law and Art Collector on top, and then try to find a bomb to place underneath, uh, like our, uh, attachment rate. But I also will definitely try to try to get a pick four alive to the race. I hit the pick. I would have hit the pick four last year, but they disqualified maximum security. I think it cost me six hundred dollars. I think that's what the payoff was. You know, that's that's not necessarily the the payoff that I want. On right a, on a derby day but still six hundred dollars would have come in real handy i had a lousy day up to that point so but it wasn't to be so uh uh let's switch gears a little bit i want to talk for a little bit about uh, i want to hear your guys thoughts on some racing related venues that mm. you would recommend to maybe newbies people who are just now discovering the sport what uh you got any uh, thoughts on uh, on on some places to, to 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 go that's not necessarily a racetrack. Hmm, that's a, that's a great question. It's a, um, you know, as we all live here, we've lived here, you know, our whole lives. Um, of course, things are a little bit different this year. You don't have quite the selection of places to recommend to folks. But a very obvious one is the actual Derby Museum at Churchill Downs, which is fantastic. Uh, the the film strip, the greatest two minutes in sports, will give you chills. That's an easy one. Uh, I'd also throw in uh, Old Friends Farm down in Georgetown, Kentucky, where all the famous retired horses uh, go to spend their uh, their glory years. Uh, wonderful place. The Kentucky Horse Park is nice, but a, a horse farm, some of our wonderful horse farms here, I, I recommend Lane's Inn and Versailles is one, but there's so many to choose from. I'm sure you guys have several others. Yeah, I've. I've been to a couple definitely different farms, uh, layup farms and, and workout farms that uh, I've enjoyed visiting and, and definitely toured around a lot of farms in Lexington, uh, uh, mostly sire type farms, not mayor farms. But I have been to Denali. It's it's very nice and huge. Uh, you know, the other I, I really liked, you know, LaCroix out in LaGrange. Uh, that that's a beautiful place out there where a lot of horses go in and out with some top trainers will ship to give some horses some rest. So I've, I've gotten experience to go out there and then uh, Starlight, you know, the Starlight, Starlight yes, group, a point. really nice. Yeah. And that's uh, Tom Drury is out there yeah. a lot. 
at so, High Point, Oldham County, yeah. right? Right, right, and that's just right up uh, 42, Highway 42 here in Kentucky. So uh, those are beautiful places. You guys have got to make the the, the sales at some point. Uh, the Keeneland sales, uh, the, oh, September, yeah. the September yearling sales, right around the corner. They, you're allowed. This year's different, of course. I mean, you have to. I, I think you have to provide a, a COVID test, make sure you're not, you know, carrying the virus. But normal years, you can. You, you're free to do whatever you want to. So you can walk around. You know, you get somebody to show you a horse if you want to. It's it's a it's a great experience. It's pretty cool. You probably see a celebrity or two. Uh, I think last time I was up there, I was sitting in the same row with Bobby Flay. And he was bidding on a horse, you know, and and so that was cool. And you know, I have no business being there. I mean, you know, the, don't you sell yourself short, pal? Well, that's true. I mean, me, me <laughs> Bobby Slay, you know, it's close. But anyway, and then uh, go to the sale in November after the Breeders' Cup at Phasic Tipton. That 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 it's at night, uh, probably on a Sunday night, I think, or a Monday night. And that that sale's phenomenal because they'll, they'll they'll just bring these high class mares. In, into the auction ring and they'll bring millions of dollars i remember i i saw uh mia mischief come through the ring and, and she sold for two million dollars so that you know the, that stuff's pretty cool to me so you know if if you ever get a chance and if this covid would ever you know go by the wayside you, th- those are the things you need to check out if you're rookies to the sport because there's a lot to discover and a lot to learn uh, really about what what's behind the scenes uh, in in the industry, so let's go to Ellis Park, and I believe there's only two weekends left. Flew by, didn't it? It it certainly has. So on Saturday, it's ten race card, uh, no stakes races this time around. But I thought the late pick four is it's interesting. It could be chalky, so I'm a little worried about that. Uh, just uh, Looking at the jockey standings here through Sunday, Rafael Barrano has 18 wins, but he is off probably for the rest of the meet. I think he had some type of surgery. Yeah, he did. I'm not sure what it was on. But uh, he, he's out. But So, you know, that leaves Joe Talamo to, to possibly run him down. He's got 16 wins. And uh, if you remember, Talamo had a terrible Churchill meet, and now he's turned things around at Ellis. And then behind him is James Graham, Adam Biscuits, another one who's turned things around, and then Miguel Mena. And our buddy Brian Hernandez Jr. is uh, roughly sixth place with about 11 wins. And then looking at the trainer standings, Brad Cox is the leader there with eight wins. And, and then there's about a five-way tie for second. Ken McPeak and Mike Maker, Dane Kabiski, uh, Angel Montano, and the coach, Dwayne Lucas, who is also amongst the leading trainers. There. He's, had, he's got six wins. So that is surprising far. to me. That is a yeah. good for coach. Good for yeah, coach. He's, right. He's had a he's had a good meet so far. So uh, let's uh, let's lead off with the first leg of the late pick four, which would be race number six, and this seven. That, yeah, it's the pick five on the pick five race. starts with race six. Yeah. So the sixth race is the first leg of the of the late pick five. It's a one-mile allowance race for three years old and upward, which had never won a race. It's an A other than. The favorite is number four, Mo Mosa, at two to one for Mike Maker and Florence Aroo. And this horse was last seen on Arkansas Derby Day, where he finished up the track behind the now-disqualified Charlatan. 
Brandon, you think you've got a you've got a a, a lock to, to or not a lock, but a, you you've got a, a a key to a lock here, I, I suppose. Yeah, I'm going to try to be Mimosa here because I don't think that horse really turned out great at Oakland at all. And, you know, obviously you're looking at Arkansas Derby. It didn't, it did not race well at all. Uh, it was pretty far back in the pack. So I'm shipping kind of outside here in this race to a spot play, I like to call it, at looking at Liberty with James Graham on the mount. Grant Forrester uh, is not a trainer that races at Ellis very often. Uh, this horse won at Keeneland uh, on its uh, third appearance at, at, at the track. Uh, it raced a couple times here at, at Churchill, but at Keeneland went a mile a 16th in a, in a decent uh, maiden special weight and won uh, going that long. And I think this, this race really suits up for this horse. Uh, looking at Lucky Sire, uh, Team Forrester. <laughs> so obviously the trainer has an ownership group in this horse selling shares or whatnot. Uh, when, when, uh, Jimmy Graham and, and gets on these types of horses, you know, he does very well. I think, uh, with the trainer, the last 60 days, that percentage is, you know, 33%, but he, you know, Grant doesn't race a ton of horses. So, uh, this call my eye, I think this horse will win, uh, this, uh, this race on Saturday and we're going to beat Mimosa here in this spot. Ooh. Okay. A horse I'm interested in, I don't know what he's going to do, but this three-horse Don Vito Corleone, he won. He broke his maiden in his very first start, which is very, very unlike Rick Hiles. He usually brings them along slowly. Horse uh, earned a really nice buyer figure that day, and then he's come back. He, he didn't finish his next two races, and then he's coming last in his latest start, which was in June, but that was a pretty nice field he, he raced against. Rick slapped a pair of blinkers on the horse and the horse has come back with two really nice workouts in, in the last uh, two or three weeks. And I always pay attention to Rick when he puts a good jockey on the horse and he's, he, he goes to Miguel Mena here. And I think that that's a pretty good sign, but gosh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with this horse. I don't think this field is all that tough. So, but on the other hand, I think you could probably go four deep here. Out of yeah. seven and get the race covered up. I'm I'm going to use Don Vito Corleone just in case. You just it, that's that's the kind of horse you want to kick off your late pick five. That's for that's sure. That's how you blow it up. That's how you blow it up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So let's go to race seven. This is a maiden special weight, five and a half furlongs on the turf. I think you might be able to get some chaos here, Brandon. Uh, the favorite, I I don't think is a good morning line. The favorite is the two horse Kona Kai for Jordan Blair. Horses eight to five on the morning line gets James Graham, but he he's not been seen since November, and he was beaten by a mediocre turf sprinter named Maga Sweet. Uh, I'm sure I'm sure we can go elsewhere in here, right? Yeah, uh, Valencia number one. Uh, that was my only kind of nod here. I mean, Konakai looks tough on paper. Don't get me wrong. You know, I also we've watched Ithaca Falls a little bit too. Uh, before race at Ellis, uh, I just this this was a tough race. I, I didn't know where to go uh, besides, you know, the one Valencia to try to beat uh, that that big morning line favorite Kona Kai. So I'm kind of looking for a push here. I need to find something to get me through. 
there's just a few in here that I kind of want to take a look at, like the, yeah. the six Motown girl or the five. Or, yeah, Alan, where are you, where are you at here? I'm on Motown girl, pal. I'm uh, I'm with you. I think the uh, the favorites. Of, I'm surprised by the morning line. I'm not saying the horse can't win, but I think there's about 78 in here can win. Motown girl is one of those that can win. It's it's coming off a layoff from late last year for Brett Calhoun. The horse is by Uncle Mo, bred for the turf, out of a mare called Cash's Girl. And uh, that's a full brother to half a million dollar earn. And the name escapes me right now. So this horse took a little bit of money in, the, in, her, in her debut. And it was in a slop. She got away horribly. That gets a pretty decent field last fall at uh, Churchill. Has been working very well on the return tab. Um, six or seven works at Churchill. Uh, there's a there's a couple of uh, a bullet and a near bullet. Uh, the horse could get away from the gate much better today. Could be a threat to Warm. I don't think you're going to get ten to one. Uh, Brian Hernandez is on on board. It's a combination uh, breeding play, trainer play, and um, I think the horse might be live at, at ten to one. A few other ways to go, but I'll go with Motown Girl. I will point out the uh, the three horse Canola Way. Daughter, of, I don't know what that is, but anyway, I guess it's a play on the owner's name. But as a daughter of More Than Ready, you have a smart strike mare. You, you go back further in this family, you'll find Shadowcast. Uh, Shadowcast was a nice mare for uh, Neil Howard back in the day. Um, so, you know, that one's, you know, it's, it's got some turf pedigree at least. But uh, uh, are we all in agreement? We probably need to go deep in this race when we're playing our tickets. Uh, I will go deep on one ticket, and I will single Brett Calhoun on, the, on a separate ticket. All right, good deal, good deal. Let's go to race eight. Uh, it's a maiden two-year-old event, one mile. And the favorite, there's co-mooring line favorites here for some reason. Uh, the three. I think it's a misprint. I think that's a misprint, by the way. <laughs> it could be. It could be. I'm, I'm seeing two to one on the yes. three. Both sets, Ikati and Two to one on the Brad Cox Colt Wayakin, the seven horse uh, for short leash stable. Uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm thinking the three horse probably should be 12 to one, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That you don't see horses. There should not be two two to one horses and a three to one horse in a field of 10 with a couple other contenders. I think there's a misprint or a typo or something got something got messed up. But I would believe the morning line favorite should be the Brad Cox horse. Well, just looking through the field, there's some decent pedigree power in there here. The, the one horse, Actul Gali, is a son of Protonico out of a mare, Audacious Chloe, who was a stakes winner on the grass. I don't think she's produced a whole lot, though, so I don't know what to expect from that horse. The two horses, Olympic champion. This is a half-brother to Munnings, who's a great sire. Mm -hmm. uh, the mare has not really produced a whole lot outside of Munnings and maybe another horse. So I don't know. I mean, this one only brought 20,000 in auction. So this one must have a, a leg screwed on backwards or something. Uh, the four horse making his second start is midnight bourbon. We've already talked about this horse. I'm sure I picked this one last time. He went off two to one, but he's a half brother to Gervin who won the Louisiana Derby and cocked and loaded a, a really fast, uh, a fast horse for uh, John Hancock a few years ago. But they gave out almost well. They gave over a half million dollars for this horse, and he didn't look really well. He didn't, he didn't look good in his first first start, but uh, experience should help him a little bit. And then to the outside, the nine upstart get uh, upstart gentleman, son of upstart, who's already 
sired a couple two-year-old winners. Uh, one was really flashy at Saratoga. Uh, I think the other one was Ellis last week. The, yes. The, the mare doesn't have a whole lot, but the grandma was a nice stakes filly, and, and she produced a, a stakes winner or two. So, you know, there's some uh, there's some talent in that family. But, Alan, where, where did, did you land here? Sheesh. I thought it was a tough race. Uh, I don't have a strong opinion. You you mentioned uh, a moment ago, you mentioned Olympic champion for Pavel Vashenko, who's always kind of a sneaky trainer. Um, don't think the horse is going to win, but being out of that uh, La Comedie, um, going, this, going this one mile in the debut, I think this I might take a shot and take play this one underneath, thinking it might come run. There might be enough pedigree there to maybe pass a few horses late. Again, that trainer is a little bit sneaky. If you if you uh, made me pick a horse to win, I, and this goes against everything I've been doing all summer, Mark Cassie's horse, Upstart Gentleman, as you mentioned. Cassie's been cold everywhere. But this horse, uh, running its medicine tail in Pico de Oro, who both ran 1-2 in the stakes race a couple weeks ago, passed a few horses, made up a little ground, might like the one-and-a-half-turn the, the, the one turn mile. I'll give a slight nod to Upstart Gentleman. But the, the two horse at 20 to 1 intrigues me for some underneath spots. I'm not I'm not real strong on the race, but it, it should be a fun one to watch. Brandon, you got any thoughts on race eight? You bet I do. You guys right. haven't even you guys <laughs> haven't even talked about the outside horse. Invisible War, number 10, 10 to 1. Joe Talamo, Wesley Ward pair up. I love it. First crop sire exaggerator. They paid a hundred thousand dollars at OBS October for this cult. Uh, and as a great two-year-old, I, I love this work pattern. Very steady, very consistent, and very fast. And it looks like Wesley is, is sleeping on something here. You know, you can always ask the question, you know, why didn't they ship this horse? I mean, they were down at Prairie Meadows, Gulfstream Park West, then to Keeneland. You know, obviously the whole Keeneland meet got kind of messed with. This horse probably wasn't ready then, and they decided to keep it home and not ship to Saratoga. So. I think this horse has been waiting to break out for a while. Uh, it was mostly about timing and how we're going to position the horse in the race uh, just because of all the COVID impacts on the racetrack. So, uh, you know, I, Wesley Ward's been hot and cold this year. He didn't really get the fire in April at Keeneland because there was no April. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking here. I really, this, I, the, I, I want to see this horse do well that day. These are impressive works at Keeneland on dirt you know, one after the other, but he's not, he's not really forcing the horse. It looks like each work. So I, I like a steady work pattern. I don't mind if a work is, is slow. Like the last one at five furlongs, that's a total condition work. And this horse is ready to go. All right. Let's go to race nine. This is probably the key to the pick four. I suppose this is five and a half furlong, uh, sprint on the turf for Phillies and mares, which have never won 7,500 twice. The heavy favorite will be, for sure, number four, Hidden Facts. She's even money for Brian Lynch and Julian Leperu, and she has got a lot of speed. She'll be up and on the lead. She's finished second in her last three starts. Prior to that, she was third at Gulfstream in a sprint. The only way, and you tell me if you agree with me or not, the only way she loses this, if, if you know, there's a four-way speed duel and Julian is not able to rate her a little bit. Uh, maybe one of the back markers comes and picks her off. What do you, what do you guys think? 
Uh, I will say there is one way she can lose, and that's if Compelling Smile takes to the turf. If Compelling Smile can uh, toss out the Ottoman Oaks against Monday Call and take to the turf, you know, the five and a half is a little short, but pound for pound, Compelling Smile is a better horse than Hidden Facts. Now, that said, that said, Hidden Facts is a turf horse. Uh, it's going to have the pace advantage, and Julian Leperu, horse, does not like to win. So Hidden Facts is indeed the most likely winner. But if Compelling Smile can go back, and I touted this horse a little bit last time. She didn't run a step against Monday Call, but Monday Call's a buzzsaw. If Compelling Smile takes the turf, and there's any t- type of speed build whatsoever, Compelling Smile it could win the race. I would just use those two horses personally. Yeah, Alan, that was I, what I, I was. Go ahead. Alan, I love that angle. That's fun. Go, go ahead, Craig, though. Well, I was just going to mention that the only two, I see two turf influences in compelling smiles pedigree. First, the Grand Dam is Giants Cal- by John's Causeway. Of course, he was huge in Europe. Uh, I think he won anywhere from a mile to a mile and a quarter. And then you go way back in the pedigree and you can see Leafard, uh, who was a grass influence. Uh, this might be third or fourth dam. Uh, Leafard, you know, was uh, stood at Gainesway Farm and, and was a was a really nice grass influence. But that's way back. So I, I I don't know. Just looking at the pedigree, I don't know for sure if this horse could take to the to the grass. You know what I think? You know what actually I think has happened in this spot is that the horse did not run a step in the last race. So they're trying to put push her back in somewhere before the meet ends. Is what I'm thinking. That's now, very true. That could be it. Could be a desperation move, just to fit her in a spot because the condition book does that in the main races. Uh, this may be all they had, and they thought they'd take a shot. That's what I think is. And it's six to one with the horse's talent. It's it's worth taking a shot to see if that is indeed the case. That said, hidden facts uh, has the field over a barrel. She won't be six to one. There's no way. I mean, no, I think she'll no be way. closer to three to one, seven to two. Brandon, where yeah. where do you land here? Guys, we're not seeing the same. We're not on the same page here. I don't know why. Well, you know, this is a, a Brandon Jagger spot play. I like to call it on, right. on our podcast. And, I, you know, I don't want to be wrong, but I, I really like Crystal Lake cutting back D. Wayne Lucas, like we just talked about, is doing pretty well at this meet. Old coach coming through. This horse has never raced a sprint race. Never done less than a turn so why not i mean i you know just started to get on the turf decent decent runs on turf it's well conditioned it can definitely go 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 the distance but we're going to sprint this time if you look back at july 19th at ellis park that one mile turf that horse was flying out the gate and went off to win honestly the you know the probably the the, the crowd that day was not that hard but i mean Cut this horse back and see what happens. Those early speed figures, are, I think, are winning speed figures, according to this the 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 PPs through Brisnet. So, I mean, Joe Talamo, D. Wayne, drops class, best her speed. Let you know, let's let this thing fly. The only other thing I'd love to see this horse do, which it probably doesn't need, but when you cut back to sprint, I love blinkers. So, I mean, they're just there for a purpose, and they're done. This this race will be over in a minute too. But we need fast and firm. I've kind of been tired of all this spotty rain in Kentucky. I mean, one day it's pouring, the next day it's, you know, it's it's so-so. But 
Uh, we don't need yielding turf. I want this turf to be fast. All right. Firm, fast and firm. Man, I really want to go Andy Serling on your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but you you make a good point. You know that, that you know that if we know that hidden facts doesn't finish very well, and so there's a very good chance he'll come up wanting in the last sixteenth of a mile. You know what? You know if if Crystal Lake can sprint then she's obviously got a shot here too so yeah you could make the case that you could at least go three deep in this race uh let's finish it off this is a the 10th race is one mile made in special weight fillies and mares and there is a heavy favorite in here and she probably deserves to be a favorite the number one spidey Cheryl. we've been saying that name a lot tonight anything with spite and Cheryl in it this is from the same owner charles Fifty. Owns, yeah. a lot, owns the mayor Cheryl soul and he breeds a lot to Spitestown. So you, you get a lot of these, these, uh, spidey names. Uh, this Philly seven to five on the morning line for Dallas Stewart and Brian Hernandez. And she will take the bulk of the money. There is a Philly in here that I kind of like this. This is the type of horses that get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to let y'all go first. Then I'm going to, I'm going to hit one out of the park. Okay. Uh, I'm going to guess, um, the horse uh, uh, CC is referring to here in a, in a moment um, because it might be one of the ones I'm interested in too. They got to beat Spidey Cheryl. I don't think Spidey Cheryl is a stone cold lock by any stretch of the imagination. The last race was good. Um, she, the race before that was kind of not not as impressive, but with the post, uh, the distance, Hernandez. Dallas Stewart, the horse is going to take the bulk of the action at three to five, and is definitely the one to beat. Yeah, I mean, she would obviously be on my side. I wouldn't blame anybody for singling. There's a couple that scare me at huge odds. Um, Six Triangle Park with Ron Isbell. Uh, that guy has like one horse a year, every couple of years, but he does a good job with them. Uh, the horse probably be 30 to one and comes out of the Edgeway maiden race at uh, Oakland Park. I, I'm not saying the horse is going to win, may not hit the board, may not do anything. I think the horse probably has a shot to maybe make your make your year. If it won the pick four, I'd probably use my ticket. And the one CC is referring to is my guess, who I like a little bit, Rosa <laughs> Paris. Am I right? Nope. No. No. Okay. Come on. Okay. Okay. I'm just uh, okay. Then I I I take it back. Give me Spidey Cheryl with a touch of Rosa Paris and Triangle Park underneath, and I'll be interested to see who CC says. Check it out on the, the six triangle park. That mare is by Demons Be Gone. That's something you don't see very much. That's right. That's uh, one of the first derbies that I ever really started, you know, was starting to get interest, interest in the sport was 1987. Demons Be Gone was the favorite, and he pulled up during the race. He bled. Yeah. And But it's, uh, yeah, it's it's neat to see him in a, in a pedigree. Brandon, where, where did you land in the most important race? On the Ellis Park card for Saturday, race 10. Uh, hopefully, I'm bringing a bag of money home here. But this was a tough race. There's so many different uh, fillies coming in. And, I mean, Spidey Cheryl's going to be really tough to beat. I give a lot of credit. And we definitely want BJ to win to take us home for sure. But, you know, Tormenta has always been tormenting me. I've, I've watched that horse a lot of times hasn't hasn't you know raced since Keeneland so that that interests me with Larry Jones he's kind of sneaky at times uh so I'm, I'm watching that horse and then I, I agree with Alan that Triangle Park is a very interesting play underneath 
but really, I, I, I didn't go much further than that. Tormenta, I'd love to see come in the money. You could say Storm at Sea, but uh, I'm not interested there. Uh, I do love the Sire and, and uh, the Dam for sure, but I just, the other, uh, maybe that is the winner. I'm going to talk myself into it, I guess. <laughs> But as a big as an upset to to beat the favorite, and hopefully we can break home a uh, pick four money. I know who CC picked now. I know who it is. Man. Well, yeah. See, this is my problem. I get, I get, I, I'll look at these horses races, and then I'll fall in love, and then the you know the, the, nothing ever changes. I, you look at number eight, spiteful charge. She was a hundred fifty thousand, hundred forty thousand dollar yearling purchase. Uh, raced one time at Churchill as a two year old. Uh, didn't run well. They bring her back at Churchill going a flat mile, one-turn mile. At 27-1, to 1, she made a big move to get up uh, into contention around 5th. I remember that. She did, yes. You're right. And, and she, she quit. You know, well, she didn't quit. She just flattened out. Uh, I bet her the next time at Keeneland. She, she turned back and made kind of made the same move again. And then she flattened out badly that time. She was you know, well beaten. But that, that race was pretty tough. Paleo flag was uh, maybe an Asmussen for Stone Street. And the second horse was Movie Moxie for Keneally for the Hills. And she she was well bet in her debut at Churchill. So, you know, they, those two kind of kicked, kicked away from the rest of the field. And they did it in a fast time. I I don't know I don't know what happened to her but she's got a really nice workout on August eighth fifty nine and two handily got the handily designation to Keeneland that usually means they were doing it easily uh, and then just the maintenance work on August seventeenth and you know we get a switch to Lannery. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna use her and I'm I'm only gonna use her and Spidey Cheryl I can see that I can and, see that. You know, she if she flattens out this time, I don't know what to do with her from now on. We might see her in a claiming race at Keeneland somewhere down the road. But, yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm at with those two, those two to end off a pick four, pick five play, whichever I choose to do. Uh, Finally, we just want to go to Saratoga. And they've got a grade one stakes race. It's a really nice one. It's uh, the four star Dave handicap. Uh, Brandon, do you know who four star Dave is? No, I don't, but I hope you educate me tonight. <laughs> Four-star Dave won a bunch of races in New York. He won one, at least one race at Saratoga over, now, I don't know for sure, but it was either seven or eight straight years. Mm-hmm. I can't which, remember the actual number. Yeah, wow. he, was, yeah he was a New York bred, and he, and he, he won one race every year for at least seven years, maybe eight years. And so they, they've named a street after him at, at Saratoga. And now they've got this grade one named after him. And this, this race comes up tough. Uh, you've got horses like Raging Bull, Holiday, Uni, the winner, winner of the Breeders' Cup Mile at Santa Anita last year without parole. I mean, this is a, this is a star-studded lineup. You, you, guys, uh, you guys have any thoughts here? Oh, uh, this is, you're right, this is a really good addition to the four-star day. You've got true grade one animals in here. I've, I went back and forth. Uh, between, you, you know I've got a soft spot for holiday uh, for Todd Pletcher. Horse did not get to the lead last time, and I, it, that's why the, the performance looks so poor. They didn't try. Uh, they didn't try they to didn't go try. 24 and 349 for a confirmed front runner. That was it was ridiculous. That's in, insane. And with Luis Saez aboard, uh, who is who is aggressive and sends, 
So I think that last race is a toss, even though it doesn't look that bad. If you saw the race, you, you kind of know what happened. They let the the other horse have the lead, the maker horse, and he at that point it was over. Even the the heavy, the favorites could not catch the horse. Uh, so I'm going to give Holiday after a lot much deliberation. I'm going to go ahead and pick Holiday as my top selection because they're not going to make that mistake today. Plus, there's not a lot of speed in the race. Problem is, this is a tougher race than the Bernard Baruch, where if Holiday does get the lead, which he should, he's going to hold off some Grade One animals late. Um, most notably for me, even though Rosario goes to the one raging bull, Uni uh, is a true miler. I'm, I'm a little questioning the, the, the jockey strategies here. Rosario going to raging bull and Ortiz coming here. I went back and forth. I'm going to go holiday with Uni, uh, but Uni might be the one that runs down holiday. It may be raging bull, but I'm not sure. But give me holiday, but boy, I really like to pick Uni as well. Brandon. Yeah, I mean, you got Chad Brown with four horses in this race. I mean And I didn't pick I didn't pick one of those. Yeah. I, I don't want to either. I'm trying to like avoid it, but you're gonna run into them yeah. at e- at each call. So uh, you know, this is a tough one to try to beat Chad, and I, I definitely do. I mean, could you imagine if you're the ownership group? Of all these four horses, and you're all are trying to compete, even though you're being trained by the same trainer. It happens I, a lot I, out there. I would be so upset. I mean, just having another horse in is one thing, but having four. So, you know, I, Alan, I, I'm with you. Uh, I do like Halliday. I do like God Stormy. I think those horses have got a, a shot. I really do uh, to try to beat Chad. But what about Connor Murphy and Jose Lascano here? I think this horse has been sitting on some big races. It's been entered in the top competition. I mean, went against War of Will and Parlor and Raging Bull, but was only one length out. I mean, this horse has been competitive time and time again. Uh, has not won uh, a graded. Well, let me see. Has it won a graded stake? It's getting no. late. I can tell Brandon's, Brandon's <laughs> losing. losing oxygen. Are you okay, buddy? <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I'm starting to dig deep. But yeah, you certainly, I mean, you certainly are. <laughs> I'm gonna try it with number three, or uh, got stormy. But uh, you know, you could go anywhere. Uni's everybody can win, but just say Chad Brown called a day. <laughs> I think Holiday's chances kind of rest on what Got Stormy does. If if Got Stormy trying to tries to lap on on the Holiday, that's gonna that's not gonna help things. And then no. like. With there's some question marks with everything in here. I, Uni, you know, she comes she comes back and can't little, get past Bo Recall in her comeback. You know, well, it could have been the pace. That's what I was maybe wondering about. Actually, one of the questions I have is like as Brandon mentioned, there's four Chad Brown horses in here, but he didn't put in a quote unquote speed horse, a rabbit of some sort, right. because he's entered four horses and they're all coming. You know, they're all closers. You would have thought he'd entered one there to keep Holiday uh, honest or just to set up for his guys. I, I find that a little weird. Well, yeah. Speaking of the the brown horses, we didn't say we didn't mention Valid Point. I think it's interesting that he entered this horse in the race because possibly uh, this this was the hot three year old last year. He won the Secretariat Stakes at Arlington. Uh, then you know he ran okay against older horses in the Shadwell Mile. He came back and he didn't look good at all. 
there's a lot of places probably that he could chip his horse and he chooses the grade one. So I, I, I feel like they think this horse has some potential still. So I'm going to use him. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm totally befuddled on the race. I think there's a lot of ways you can go here. Yeah, exactly. Okay, guys, uh, we've come to the end of the line here. Uh, We'd like to remind you that our episode 14, our interview with Brian Hernandez Jr. is still on SoundCloud, and, and we'd invite you to go listen to that. And it was a fun, a fun interview indeed. Also, uh, you want to pay attention. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to have our Kentucky Derby seminar and a Kentucky Oaks seminar as well, and maybe try to give out some winners on Derby and Oaks Day. Uh, that's always a challenging uh, series of races, and we'll have uh, we'll have more info on that in the coming weeks uh guys uh, anything else you want to add uh no it's like we're in that a bit of a dead spot here just waiting uh it's kind of like what happened not so much in april in april you have keeneland but here it, it's a little bit of a dead spot in the racing calendar a little bit waiting for derby to come so it'll be here before you know it yeah and you know today at saratoga i don't know if any pay, anybody paid attention i think louis sias had Five. Five, five, five winners. Wins. Wow. But he won, he won those first four in like the first five races. It was kind of wild. A very mm. chalked out uh, first five uh, there at, at Saratoga. So I hit the, the pick four and the pick five. I hit the late pick four and the late pick five. I made about $400. I'm very excited. All right. Congratulations, wow, that is good. player. Yeah. I just saw some of the early races and I was like, wow, you know, $3.20 to win, you know, $4 to win. But, you know, the field sizes were really small early. And I guess, it, you know, it's kind of getting the dog days of summer or the horses are starting to do different, you know, move them out, you know, and, and it's just a different time of year. So uh, it just kind of was interesting. So Louis size, good for him. And, uh, yeah, maybe maybe we'll save some cash or stack some cash for well, uh, what should be a heck of a derby week. I can't wait. I will say this in in the next two, three, four weeks. There's going to be a, a glut of stakes races from at Saratoga and Churchill and Kentucky Downs. Yes. And in the next weekend, two weekends, you might get some wacky results because your best horses aren't necessarily going to run over the next two weekends. If if there's anything good at all, they're gonna they're gonna point to to the the last weekend Saratoga or, or Derby Week or those rich races at Kentucky Downs. So you know. Yeah. You, know. you might see some weaker maids at Ellis Park because the good maidens are on the right. turf. The good maids are heading down to Kentucky Downs for 130000 Right. That's oh. where you want to hit the all button. That's right. Yep. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, any last word? Nah, that'll do it for me, pal. Yep. Ready to sign off. All right, guys. Well, that's all for this edition of the Auxiliary Gate. I hope you have a good, good uh, racing weekend. And remember, gambling money ain't got no home.